0: The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I heard recently a story that, I tell you honestly, when I heard it, I was wowed. It was something that I felt is truly, truly hitting this point out of the park. This is a story about a common person. This is a story about somebody like me and you. I don't want to call you common. I'll call me common. A guy by the name of Josh Braunstein. The story took place pre-cell phone era, years ago, when you actually had to find that dinosaur slash telephone booth to make a call when you were on the road. And here he is, Josh Braunstein, going through the battery tunnel to New York City, comes out of the tunnel, makes that first ride onto the FDR, and he gets off at one of those little side streets. And until 9 11, no one really knew what was going on in those side streets, right? They thought it was infested with elves. Apparently, they found out that people actually lived there. There was a phone booth there. And this Josh Bronstein, he had to make a call. So he pulls the car over, he goes up to the phone booth, he puts in his dime. we're talking a long time ago. And as he's dialing on a rotary phone, you know, the ones you see in museums, he looks up and he sees on top of the phone booth, There is a planner book, a calendar, schedule, phone numbers, doozy, top of the phone booth. He pulls it down. Someone obviously forgot it, their planner book. And when he opens it up, he sees there's no name. But one thing caught his eye because as he's fingering through the pages, he saw the names of different rabbis that lived in Brooklyn, New York. Obviously, the owner of this planner book was Jewish, but no name. So he quickly scrolled to that date to see maybe there was some sort of a meeting written down where he can kind of intercept the person, give him back their planner. And he looks through and sure enough, one on Lexington Avenue, one on Madison Avenue, no phone numbers, no addresses. What was he going to do walk up and down Madison showing a phone book planner? Well, he figured maybe his wife can give him a hand on this a lot of times. And you see this. Something's lost in the house. A guy could look for it for hours. His wife walks into the room. Now, I don't, I'm still trying to work this one out. Maybe it's a sixth sense. They have a honing device that's able to bring him straight over to whatever it is that they find it in seconds. So He says to himself, maybe she can find something in this planner that I didn't see. Kidarkah bakodesh. So that night he comes home from work and he shows her the planner. And she starts fingering through the planner, and she finds, lo and behold, that on the last page of this planner, it said, Mom, with a 305 phone number Erie code. 305, it's the Havens of Old Moms, that's Miami. So they figured they'll call whoever's mother this is, and maybe she can give them a tip on which one of her children this actual planner could belong to. So they get on the phone, his wife calls, and an old lady picks up and the wife says, hi, my name is, this is Braunstein, you know, I come from a religious family and this gives me and my husband a tremendous opportunity to do a mitzvah. We found a planner. It has no name, but it says mom with your number at the end. Is it possible that maybe it's one of your kids? So the old lady, she says, absolutely. It's my daughter. She works in Manhattan. She lives in Manhattan. It's definitely hers. I'll give you her number. So they chatted a little bit, and then she gave her the number They hang up with mom. And sure enough, they call the young lady with the missing planner book. They call her up, and they say, hi, we just got off the phone with your mother from Miami. We found your planner. And she said, oh, thank you. You won't know without that planner. I am totally lost. That planner is my right arm. And she starts going into the whole soliloquy of what a planner means to a woman. A guy doesn't even know what a planner looks like. I have a cell phone. What do I need a planner for? It has a calendar in it. I have a Rolodex, right? Fool, a planner. It's your written secretary. She was thanking him. Thank you. She came out that night. She picked up the planner and she couldn't stop thanking him. Well, a week passes by and the next Shabbat, Josh Bronstein, when he comes home Friday afternoon, he sees that a florist pulls up in front of the house and he brings out this big bouquet of flowers. And he brings it into the house. And they take a look at the, the person who sent it. And sure enough, it was this lady, the one from the planner. And she writes there on the cart, thank you so much. I have no words. You don't know what you did for me. And this is what she writes on a letter. She writes, five years ago, I became ba'ala teshuvai, became religious. And my mother in Miami was so angry at me. She felt I was rebelling against her as if her way of life just wasn't good enough, as if when she brought me up as a child, it wasn't educated enough of a life that I needed something more. She wouldn't speak to me, my mother. This past Saturday night, after I spoke to you later on that night, my mother called me from Miami and she said to me, dear, I want to tell you something. Originally, five years ago, when you became religious, I really thought you were going off the deep end. You were crazy. I did not know what you were looking for, and I did not know what you were trying to accomplish. But after I got off the phone with that couple who called me so sincere, with such warmth, wanting so desperately to give you back your planner, if you're trying to be like them, then I understand. Now I finally understand what it means to become a religious Jew. I respect you for it. Matter of fact, I spent the whole week telling all my friends about that couple that called up to return your planner. She writes, I haven't spoken to my mother in five years. That was the first phone call that I've gotten my mother in five years. And she hasn't stopped calling me. She calls me every day now, as a mother and daughter should be. And we have the most warmest of catching up conversations. And it's all because of you. Because of a planner that you were looking to return. A planner. Look what it did to somebody's life. Who could have imagined? Who could have imagined? We can make magic with the Monday. That's the power we have invested in each and every one of us. Let's listen to this. Told over by a mainstream AM Lebanese girl from the community who was on a city bus going to school one day when she was only about 14 years old on her way to Yeshiva Flatbush, as she told me over the story. And one day, another girl from the community going to a Bet Yaakov from a little bit more of a religious family gets on that city bus. She moves to the back, sits down. A few minutes later, an old person gets on the bus and this girl, this religious girl, Quickly, she waves to the old lady, gets out of her chair, and tells her, please, take my seat. Now the old lady says, no, no, dearie, I can stand. I don't never take your seat. No, I insist. And they go back and forth, till finally the old lady takes the seat. Now this other girl, who was watching the scene, not so religious, she said, honestly, I thought this other girl was a loser. A loser? Now you're standing. What did you accomplish? The bus is swaying. You're swaying back and forth. Okay, wonderful. You get the Good Samaritan reward. You gave the lady a seat. Big deal. But she says, you know, then I thought about it. I thought about it for a minute. And the truth of the matter is, that's such a beautiful thing to do. She says the next time an old person got on that bus, this young girl, on her way to Yeshiva Flapush, she was the first one to jump up and say, please take my seat. meant that much to her. It meant so much to her that she went out. She asked her father, I'd like to find out a little bit more what it means to be religious. Her father said, fine, please. The next day, she comes on the bus. She meets up with this girl going to Barapak. Nonetheless, a girl from our community going to a high school in Barapak. And they start to talk. And little by little, they become friends. Little by little, they get to know each other. And she told her, I want to tell you. That that time when you got up and gave a seat to an old person, that old lady, you have no idea how you inspired me. You opened my eyes to a whole new meaning of what it means to be Jewish. I thought that was amazing, and I'm doing it myself. And there was a bond that began to form in friendship, and this girl became religious. I'd like to fast forward this story some years later. Some years later, my wife tells me that I have to quickly get my suit on because her brother is getting engaged. So I said, wow, now there's there's something out of left field. We didn't even know he was going out. He says, yeah, they kept it very quiet. He's getting engaged tonight. I got my suit on. We came to the house. And sure enough, my wife comes walking in. She looks at the girl, the kala, and she gives a shrieking yell. Now, I've been by a lot of engagements. I've seen girls yell even when they don't know the kala." Right, Albert? I'm, you got to fit in with the crowd. It's part of the entrance fee. You walk in, you yell, take off your coat, and you go have a good time that night. It's ceremonies. But didn't stop there. The yelling, the screaming. And then the kala looks at my wife, and she gives a eyes. I said, whoa, I didn't owe ceremonies for it to be returned. The kala as well. And they're yelling, and they're screaming, they're hugging each other, they're crying. And my wife says, I can't believe it's you! And the other one says, I can't believe it's you! And then I walked up to my wife and said, Hi, it's me. What's going on? Can you tell us a little bit of what's going on? And she says, you don't understand. I used to go to school every day with this girl. And then the Kalat pipes in and says, Not only did we go to school every day on that same city bus on the b 68 going down Coney Island Avenue, but I watched her get up for an old person. That inspired me to get up and to look into what it means to be a religious Jew. I'm religious today because of your wife. And I'm now marrying her brother. Unbelievable. A simple act. So simple, so common. Day-to-day activity of the mundane. The infusement of kedusha in an umpteenth level. This is what Ramoshe Feinstein meant when he said that every Jew, every Jew, we ask Hashem every day in our Tefillah, Avinu, Amirachem, na lahaski, lishmoa, lil Hashem, help me learn and help me teach. <coughs> says, Ramosha, I understand. We ask Hashem to help us grow, to help us learn. Little mot. Ule lamed. Hashem, help me teach. Everybody is cut out to be a teacher. There are some people that are born with a natural talent to teach. We find them in our wonderful seminaries. I almost said cemeteries. Seminaries, in our schools, in our education system. But not everybody is a teacher. So why every single person, every single day asks Hashem, Ule lamed. To teach, says, says Ramosha Feinstein, that's a terrible misconception. Every Jew is a teacher. Every Jew. Every Jew is a teacher. When you go into that office, you're teaching what it means for a Jew to be honest in business. To everybody who's watching. When you walk down the street, you're teaching everyone who takes a look in your direction. What it means for a Jew to carry themselves with in the street, with dignity, with place. When we open our mouths, the language that comes out is teaching the world that there's still some purity left in a nation called Amisro. Every Jew is a teacher. That's our role. We're meant to be the light onto the nations, the light onto the the world. That's what we're here for. We're all teachers each and every one of us. So when we go out tonight, we have to ask ourselves, did we, can we find our simple and mundane areas that we can elevate so that when people look at us, they're going to say, there's a person that the Shekhinah steps every step together with them. They've elevated every aspect about them. That's a godly person. We should ask ourselves, what areas? And I elevate in the simplest and infuse Kiddushah in the most magnificent of ways. So that when people look at me, they say, That's what Hashem meant when He created man, when He created woman. What areas can we tackle on the most simplest of levels that we can take from the mundane and make magic out of it? And make kiddushah out of it. Avodat Hashem. That's the blessing. And that's the blessing we're going to walk out with tonight. The blessing of Moshe Rabbeinu, Shetishre Shekhaase Yadeno, that the Shekhinah should be found in every step of our lives, everything we do, from the simplest the most mundane, to use it for Abu Hashem, to use it to turn up to Borea Olam, the magic we can do as a Jew, only we can do the place, the light onto the world that we were meant to be: Enjoyed this story come again bring a friend stories to inspire.org